You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. negatively impact a lot of minority students, including people of color, LGBTQ minorities, and other people that are impacted by um, economic change. Um, And no matter what, students should be allowed to come to school. They should have access to education. And the cuts uh, make it so that a lot of students that are negatively impacted from these cuts will no longer be able to attend post-secondary. I luckily am someone who is not impacted by the cuts, but I recognize that so many other people are, and I don't think that... um, post-secondary campuses will be as equal, as accepting, as educational as they could be, unless all people are able to attend no matter what. All right. What program are you in? I'm in Con Ed, and my major is English. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right. Good luck. Sits the other side of Oh, okay. Hi, folks. So how come you were on the streets today? Well, <laughs> what I'm do you first think? joining my, my family to go to university, and I've just been working part-time to get here. I don't have any parental support. And now Gulf Ford's cut off, cut off my tuition through OSAP, so I'm out here protesting to try and get my OSAP back so I can come back to school. Okay. Well, I agree, but uh, I'm not the first to go to university, but um, I do come from a lower-income family, so kind of rely on OSAP to get an education and I think education is like really important and I would like to keep doing it for a long time because I want to be a lawyer so that's a lot of school so um, yeah I think OSAP should come back and fund education. <laughs> thank you. For, thank you. <laughs> I'm not good on the spot. It's okay. <laughs> Microphones in your face are a little intimidating. It's all right. How about you? What do you think about the recent changes from the Ford government? Well, I definitely am not going to be able to afford it as well as I was this year. Um, I am the first in my family to go to university. Um, my mom didn't go to college or university. My dad went to college. So the the cuts definitely affect me and my brother. Okay. And uh, I'm already working two jobs to try to afford it, and now this is just going to make it worse. All right. Well, good luck to you, and thank you for your time. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Stay warm. Yeah, you too. Hi there. Hi. So what do you think about the changes in the Ford, uh, Ford government's decision-making regarding OSAP? Uh, well, so personally for me as a first year, i got a lot of school left to go through, and uh, I'm, I'm going off of OSAP. My parents don't, aren't uh, there. They're already in a weird situation where they weren't broke enough for free tuition, but they definitely weren't wealthy enough for the for like to be able to help pay for it. So when I heard like the cuts are coming, 
and how screwed I'm going to be and how I'm not going to have the time to get back on my feet. Well, I got behind Lucas, the, one of the organizers, right away, and we started organizing this. Okay. So. And uh, what program are you in? Uh, I'm go- hoping to go into PPE, so philosophy, politics, and economics. All right. Well, good luck to you, and thank, thank you for your you time. Thank you so much. Have you signed yet? Yes, I have. <laughs> okay, perfect. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Campus Beat. It is now five minutes after five here at CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca, Kojiko Cable 282, our handy-dandy, super-fancy Android and iPhone apps, and we even podcast at podcast.cfrc.ca. And I have the great pleasure of welcoming the Society of Graduate and Professional Students President, Mr. Tyler Morrison, in studio with me today. How are you? I'm good. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in with me. And uh, we had hoped to uh, also have uh, Lucas Borchenko uh, in studio with us today. Um, he uh, is the organizer of the Queens for OSAP uh, demonstration that happened, this well de- uh, well-attended demonstration that was here uh, on campus at University and Union Streets yesterday afternoon, at around noon. And uh, we just heard some excerpts from on-the-street uh, discussions that we uh, had with uh, undergraduate, graduate, and professional students here at Queen's University voicing their concerns about um, decisions coming from the province related to OSAP and their tuition fees. Uh, Lucas uh, hasn't uh, been able to get here just yet. Maybe he'll pop in. <laughs> but uh, as anybody in Kingston knows right now, it's really awful outside. <laughs> How was it just getting here from the J-Duck? Uh, a little slippery, that's for sure. So Tyler basically skated here from 300 yeah. yards away, but it was a little bit uh, insane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I, like I mentioned to you too, it was one of those uh, looking at my husband saying, can you drive me to work today? Yeah. I'm not walking the 30 minutes no. on that. And now I'm just like, okay, I live in the Skeleton Park area and I know I'm just, okay, do I have to sit on my bum and yeah. uh, toboggan on my knapsack? Hopefully we'll get some salt out there for your walk. Patrick Street yeah. Hill. Yeah, I hope so too. Oh my. Okay, so we've got a lot of ground to cover today. Um, so before we get into uh, fleshing out some of these um, concerns about OSAP and, and tuition fees and the impact on students here at Queen's University, Tyler. Uh, tell us a bit, little bit about yourself and the program of study you're in. For Queens. sure, for sure, yeah. So I'm actually a third-year law student here at Queen's. Um, I did my undergrad at Wilfrid Laurier University, mm-hmm. so been in post-secondary education for quite some time now. Um, and I'm also, as you mentioned, the president of the Society of Graduate and Professional Students. So you're one of the busiest people on campus these days. <laughs> uh, I I I don't know if that's true, but uh, I keep myself busy for sure. Um, Trying to graduate on time and uh, trying to advocate for students the the best I can. All right. Uh, We actually had the pleasure of having Tyler and the entire executive team uh, here on Campus Beat uh, in September at the beginning of the academic year to tell us all about their roles and goals on campus. Uh, How did it go this year? Your term is almost up. It's crazy. It's flown by. I was actually just talking to the president of the AMS, Miguel, and we were saying how, you know, we've just gotten comfortable in our roles. We feel like we know how to navigate the system and get things done. And now we are uh, turning over the keys to the office in just a couple short months. But I think uh, I think it's gone really well. I, I've 
personally, it's been a growing experience for myself. Mm-hmm. I learned so much that I wouldn't have been able to learn otherwise. But on the same token, I think we've achieved a lot of good things this year um, for students. And I think we have a lot of good momentum, especially from the graduate perspective. I think there is a recognition at the university level that we need to work on graduate community, graduate student engagement, mm-hmm. making our graduate programs um, known not just nationally but internationally. Um, and we see that recognition and we see that push and things like the graduate student experience working group that's just started at uh, through the School of Graduate Studies. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be a lot of really good tangible action items that come out of that that mm-hmm. can make student experiences even better moving forward. Wonderful. That's really great to hear and I'm glad that you're having some positive outcomes. For sure. But I guess in the last week um, uh, many students uh, have taken a bit of a hit from what I understand and just being out on the street yesterday and talking to so many folks uh, grave concerns about uh, how students are going to be able to fund their own education uh, given some decisions that have happened at the provincial level uh, last Wednesday. I wonder if you can uh, flesh out some what some of those uh, provincial decisions actually are for some of our listeners who may not know what's going on. For sure, yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk mostly from the graduate lens because that's where I've done my digging and um, really educated myself on. And you represent graduate and professional students. Exactly. So I I know that uh, the best. So I guess, you know, the the theme in all of this is going to be the fact that we just don't know all the information right now. Mm-hmm. There's so many unknowns coming out of the statement that was made last week and some following statements. And we hear things, you know, rumblings from different partners around, you know, the U15. The reality of the situation is there's going to be a tuition cut. We know that. We don't exactly know how that's going to affect graduate students. There was a line in the... Um, press release that said graduate secondary entry programs like graduate programs law should see about a thousand dollar tuition cut mm-hmm. don't really know where, where the math is coming from on that one a 10 percent tuition cut at just about any ontario law school would be more than a thousand mm-hmm. so quite frankly we just don't know what that looks like yet okay then we move into osap maybe something we have the most clarity on at this point because they're moving back to 2016 17 levels of funding which we're familiar with and i think the biggest change that's going to affect graduate students is moving the independent classification from four years out of high school to six years out of high school so what does that mean for sure so the way osap worked in the past or last year or the last two years i believe it was is if you were a student who's been out of high school for more than four years you would have been you would have been able to qualify for what's called independent status and what that means is osap will not take into account your parents income when determining your level of funding. Okay. Seeing as you're an independent student, you might be living on your own. And now what's happened is they've moved that threshold to six years. Um, So that means, for example, someone like myself, I wouldn't have had independent status until this year, my third year of law school. And, excuse me, and that would have made a big difference, mm-hmm. big difference. I mean, my parents helped me as they could in undergrad, mm-hmm. but I self-funded my law degree, 
Right, and because unlike graduate students, you don't necessarily get funding. Yeah, there's no funding. We were eligible for bursaries, as is all clean students, but no funding packages. Right, and law school is, I'm, ex- I'm expecting, a very expensive endeavor. <laughs> it, it is, it is. It's upwards of $20,000 a year. Yeah. So, you know, that would have been a big hit for me mm-hmm. um, for my law degree. So that's going to be that's going to be a big hit to graduate students, and it's really unfortunate. I mean, in in my opinion, this is a blunt object sort of tactic to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this. I mean, a lot of these changes stem from the Auditor General's report in 2018 that talked about OSAP, and it gave 14 recommendations. And one of the recommendations was to address this independent status, because the Auditor General wasn't sure if every independent student wasn't receiving funding from their parents, mm-hmm. which made sense. There, there seemed, they were alluding at the fact that there might be some, some abuse happening there. Mm-hmm. But just extending it to six years doesn't solve that problem. What we needed was some sort of adjudicative process to ensure that people who were independent or mm-hmm. classified as independent, those who actually needed the funding, was receiving the funding. And this just doesn't achieve that goal. It, it, it's both over-inclusive in the sense that you know, there'll be people who need that funding who are four or five years out who won't receive it, and under-inclusive because there'll be still people who are more than six years out who don't need the funding but are abusing it because they can't. Okay. So we've got a, a few more excerpts uh, from on the street um, uh, chanting and interviews and conversations that we had with um, students at all levels, undergraduate, graduate, and professional here at Queen's. Let's have a quick listen. And just a reminder to our listeners, uh, these are unedited, uh, drawn from the street yesterday. So uh, I can't be sure if there's going to be uh, some strong language in there. So I'm just going to give you a strong language warning, just in case. So this is Dinah Jansen standing with a number of graduate students. What's your program? This is Global Development Studies. Global Development Studies. So what are your thoughts on changes to OSAP uh, from the Ford government? I mean, it's kind of unfair because, I mean, students don't really have a chance to get out in the world and actually earn the money that they have to pay back. And when student fees are already so high enough, it's it's impractical to, to get rid of a way to properly pay it back when it's already so difficult for students. It wouldn't make a difference to it. All right. Not to mention, it's just making working so much more impossible. Nowadays, even having an undergraduate degree makes it almost impossible to get an entry-level job in almost any industry in Ontario right now. And to cut off the chances of people who already maybe don't have the financial means or connections to do so, they can't do that. Not to mention trying to get a grad degree when they raise that maturity thing. Six years? I haven't lived with my parents in five years. They are not supporting me, and yet I'm still expected to rely on them, which is unfair to everyone. So. Okay, thank you. Have you any thoughts on the matter? I'm just sort of here in support and solidarity. I'm from out of province, so it doesn't affect me as much, but I mean, I'm just yeah, here in solidarity. So. Thank you. I definitely feel like it renders education a little bit more inaccessible for some students who severely rely on these uh, provincial loans to access education, especially it adds just an additional weight of stress for when you do finish your undergrad or graduate degree, 
you are left with a substantial amount of loans and you have to start immediately paying it back with interest rates. That's crippling stress, that's crippling anxiety, that's detrimental to someone's mental and like physical well-being. So yeah. All right. Thank you very Thank much, you. everyone. Thank Good luck. So much. We'll see you soon. See you. <laughs> All right. So that was some uh, footage from uh, some conversations I had with a uh, number of graduate students uh, that were at the uh, Queens for OSAP uh, demonstration at Queens University at University and Union yesterday at noon. So, Tyler, we heard some uh, pretty great grave concerns from some of your constituents. Have you any comments on what they had to say? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as somebody who advocates on a day-to-day -day basis, it's great to see, you know, people coming out in support of one another. I mean, we heard someone there who isn't even someone who uh, applies for OSAP but is there in solidarity so you know it makes me proud that the student voice is is loud and and is coming out on things they really believe in but more to the point with OSAP I think you've heard it there it, it OSAP should be a program that encourages people to go to school that helps those who need who are in the most financial need go to post-secondary education mm -hmm. um, and the reality of the situation is these changes don't necessarily achieve that objective. Um, the program does need to be sustainable. It needs mm -hmm. to move into the future. Ten years from now, we all want OSAP to exist so more students can go. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think the changes that have come out of the Ford government strike that balance. Right. Um, and, you know, they're right. It, it Funding of a student affects everything from their day-to-day -to, -day to their mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we need to be cognizant of that. All right. Now, um, in terms of mental health and, say, the many services that uh, students seek, too, we've also heard that some of the changes that may be coming down the line in, in the uh, provincial government's decision-making uh, affects uh, funding for or, uh, for student unions, which also incidentally means student services. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, what are some of the concerns that the SGPS might have about this? For sure. So for those of you who don't know, the statement made by the Ford government is essentially that all non-essential services have to be funded through optional fees. Mm -hmm. So we're not entirely sure what that means, but there were some examples given of what essential services are. So walk-home services, um, athletics, recreation, wellness services. These are the essential, essential services that will remain mandatory. But there's a question mark around other organizations or services who have fees and whether or not they'll become optional for mandatory. So an example of that is the SGPS Society fee as a whole. Mm -hmm. This is a fee that funds many of the programs we do. It funds the administration of the health plan. Different things that we see as essential, mm -hmm. we see as vital and important to student success, but that doesn't mean the Ford government is going to see it the same way. Right. So we're kind of in a stalemate now where we have to wait and see what the definition of essential services really is. Mm -hmm. um, because from there, we will have to make fees optional, um, which doesn't mean things will become unfunded, but it'll give students the ability to opt out of these fees. 
so they won't be funded at the same level. So using our, uh, the SGPS as an example, we won't be able to do all the same things and offer all the same services we have in the past mm -hmm. if we're faced with uh, funding cuts. Indeed, indeed. Now, um, can you tell us a little bit about the conversations you might be having with other student governments, maybe with the AMS or uh, with your counterparts at, uh, uh, in other graduate and professional programs at other universities? For sure, yeah. I, to be honest, the conversations at this point all go, so what have you heard? Well, what have you heard? Because, you know, we're all very worried about what this definition of essential service is going to be. Right. And we're kind of scrambling to collect that information. Mm -hmm. There's been, you know, we're starting to look at different ways of mobilizing, trying to figure out, you know, how we can say our piece, mm -hmm. um, because the reality of the situation is sometimes policy changes, legislative changes like this happen and the governments are looking for feedback. They maybe don't necessarily see all the unintended consequences mm -hmm. of decisions like this. So there's been talk about mobilizing, potentially writing a letter to the minister. Um, but like I said before, we're when it comes to the ancillary fees, we're kind of wait and see because yeah. the statement was so ambiguous. Mm -hmm. We don't know how it's going to affect. Or whom. Or yeah. whom it's going to affect. Right. On the OSAP side of things, we know a little bit more information. So our job as the SGPS is going to be getting that information out there so that students can you know, make a decision about their education sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. We don't know everything there is to know about these OSAP changes, but we know the majority of them, mm -hmm. and we need to be letting students know what those changes look like. Have any students uh, contacted the SGPS office with with concerns directly that you're aware of? I've had students approach me okay. and ask the questions, you know, what, what does this mean? What are the implications? Maybe talk a little bit more about the specifics of things. Um, I don't know if anyone's gone through our office, but I've definitely had people approach me okay. um, for some more information. All right. And uh, with with that in mind, how can people get a hold of you <laughs> or, or the SGPS for if, sure, they, yeah. if they're I mean, looking for any ideas? Well, my email is very simple. It's president at sgps.ca. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions you may have. I done a pretty deep dive into this stuff in the last week to mm -hmm. make sure I'm fully educated on, on what's happening. So if you have any questions, reach out there. And you're also more than welcome to stop into our office, which is in the bottom layer of the JDUC. All right. And uh, let's just have a listen in. We've got some more uh, footage from yesterday's uh, de demonstration uh, at uh, University and Union Street. So we'll be right back. And uh, here, let's get some more input from uh, students right here at Queen's University. I'm here with CFRC Radio. We're on the streets. Why are you here on the streets today? What does the Ford to cover Vince decisions, uh, it, how did they impact you? Uh, I am not personally someone who uses OSAP, but uh, many students are struggling to make ends meet. You know, they're working more than one job and being paid like a minimum wage that should be 15, but it's still only 14. Uh, so this is just one more attack on working class students in this province. Indeed. What do you think? Yeah, I'm also not personally using the, the OSAP, but then I support um, the rest of students and the fact that 
um, you shouldn't struggle in school. You should be able to um, thrive in school to be able to um, become competitive. So I feel that the OSAP should be brought back as it is and even improved upon to make much more um, students who are less um, privileged to have access to this kind of support. Education is not a privilege, it is a right. It's a fundamental human right that everyone needs to have access to, not only the rich, everyone. All right, what program are you in? I'm in geography. Thank you very much for your time. How about you? Um, I'm Again, I'm not someone who's personally affected at this current time, but I have to say that what the Ford administration is doing is criminal, and um, I think that grants were made available to those that were in need. It's going to hurt a lot of people, and I'm here to show support and some solidarity. Down, down, down with Ford. Up, up, up with Chevy. Um, I never would have been able to finish my degree without OSAP loans, but most importantly, without the grants and the scholarships that came through OSAP in the early 2000s. I think people forget that people now getting, quote, free tuition or getting grants, that that has existed for a long time. There's been programs for a long time, and that's really important for working-class students to get through uh, post-secondary education. I never would have had that without those types of grants, so I'm here in complete support, and this is uh, definitely personally affects me, should personally affect everyone, because an injury to one is an injury to all. Out with Ford. And what program are you in, sir? Geography and planning. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. What program are you in, and what do you think about uh, the Ford decisions? Uh, I'm in philosophy. I think it's, I don't know, pretty obvious what they're trying to do. Uh, it seems like a very deliberate attack on higher education to me, and I'm mostly here just to try and, again, align with some people, give a voice to the cause for the students. Uh, we'll see what we can actually do against it. Okay. Thank you for your time. Hi, folks. Hi, I'm with CFRC. Uh, but what do you think about the OSAP cuts? Uh, I think it's definitely to the disadvantage of students, particularly who are low income. And uh, if we want university education to be accessible to those, you know, like who need uh, provincial support uh, financially to be educated here, it's definitely detrimental. So it should be removed. And uh, so uh, equality uh, and opportunity uh, equality is very important. University education is not only for high-income students, you know, like without OSAP, uh, even that 10% reduction in the uh, tuition fees does not make, you know, like sense. It only uh, alleviates the uh, problem for the high-income students, maybe. So uh, we will be in support of domestic students in their fight for equality and access to education. Thank you. What program are you in? Uh, so we are uh, members of International's uh, Graduate Student Co. Okay. Yeah, so we are in support for the domestic students for the, in their fight. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Well, what are your thoughts on the Ford government's cuts? Yeah, I totally agree with what you were saying previously. It's an attack. It's a, it seems like a very sadistic way in which getting rid of like poor students or students that cannot afford a public education, which is quite ironic. And uh, even though we not personally as international students benefit from it, we see the, the repercussions because if we don't fight the fight along with 
them, we are never going to have our causes be taken on. So, uh, yeah, I, we think it's, it's uh, very terrible for Ontario, and we really need to keep this fight up. All right. Thank you for your time. Have you any thoughts on the Ford government's cuts? Well, I think it's just going to widen the inequality gap. Everybody should have access to education, and it should be something that, regardless of your income, you should be able to have access to it. And cutting this way is just going to put so much burden on students and even their families as well. And as an international student, it's, it's good I support domestic students. I don't know what is coming up, what is on the way for international students. Indeed. Yeah. All right, thank you for your time. You're welcome. And uh, we are back in studio right here on Campus Beat. Uh, I'm Dinah Jay, and I'm in studio with Tyler Morrison, SGPS president. So we just heard a number of other uh, graduate student voices uh, right here uh, happening at that demonstration yesterday. What did you think? Again, I mean, I'm proud to hear people coming out and making sure their voices are heard. Um, again, we heard from international students there, people who aren't eligible for OSAP who are just out there in solidarity you know and and there was some conversation about the underlying meaning of what these cuts mean and whether or not it's an attack at po at the post-secondary level or not and you know to be frank I, I don't want to speculate about that I really hope that's not what's going on here because you know we live in a world where everybody recognizes the value of mm -hmm. post-secondary education I think, for me, it comes down to the fact that OSAP, the Auditor General's report last year, pointed to some flaws in the OSAP program. Mm -hmm. They needed to be fixed. But the, this policy, this legislation or directive goes overboard, you know, and goes so overboard that you have students in Ontario questioning whether or not the leader of the province is trying to gut post-secondary education. Whether or not that's the case or not, that is a significant indicator that the policy change has gone overboard and isn't achieving the directive that it should. The beginning of the segment I said, you know, the goal of OSAP is to put as many people through post-secondary education who want to go through it as possible mm -hmm. and to help those who are in the most need get that funding. And as many of my colleagues have pointed out in, in your interviews, these policies don't achieve that goal, okay. and, and that's the bottom line. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much for sharing your insights uh, on behalf of uh, the SGPS and uh, the, the graduate and professional students that you represent, uh, Mr. Tyler Morrison. It's been a real pleasure. But before sure. we sign off uh, into the second segment of our program uh, today with uh, Professor Heather Stewart uh, Bell, uh, Bell Research Chair in Mental Health and Anti-Stigma, um, and talking about the Let's Talk, or Bell Let's Talk campaign and things like that. Uh, Tyler, do you have any other uh, wisdom or words of advice or comments for uh, listeners, including your graduate and professional student listeners? For sure. I mean, keep, keep making your voices heard. Um, I know as a student advocate, sometimes it might not feel like you're being heard, but I can guarantee you are being heard. So keep, keep letting your voices be heard. Keep making sure people hear what students in Ontario have to say. Um, 
And one of the ways you can do that is coming up in our SGPS election. So we're in the uh, election period right now. Voting is on Monday and Tuesday. So that's the 28th and the 29th of January. And that's a way for students to have their voices heard. We'll be voting on, um, there's a contested presidential election as well as uh, several fees that are up for referendum. So I really encourage all SGPS members to check your emails on those days, 28th and 29th, and make your vo voice heard by voting. All right. Thank you, Tyler, for uh, sitting in the captain's chair right here in the basement of Carruthers Hall at cfrc.ca. You've been listening to Campus Beat, a very special live edition, uh, talking all about uh, these uh, important issues for uh, students, uh, not only at Queen's University, but uh, across the province. So uh, coming up next, yes, we have Dr. Heather Stewart. Thanks for tuning into this segment, and uh, we'll see you next week.